Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky, and joining me for this episode is Leah. Okay, Leah, we have a question of the episode. On a road trip, do you prefer to be the passenger or the driver? The driver. You're not alone. No, because honestly, like, I get bored as fuck as the passenger. Like, and also, like, I, because I can't read in the car, Uh, then I have nothing to do. That's my next question. Okay, so also joining us for this episode is the, one of the hosts of the Corset and Crown podcast. We are in the presence of royalty. And we'll ask her if she got her coronation invitation later. Um, (laughs) Duchess Katie. Welcome hey. back to the podcast. Uh, passenger or driver, Katie? Passenger. I I can't read in the car either, but um, I'm so good at car naps. Like, <laughs> I'm so good. Like, I'm so good. And my husband and I drove to Michigan in November so he could go hunting. And I didn't drive once. We're it's Colorado really to Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. And I took so many naps. <laughs> I think part of it though too for me is I hate being in the car more than like 20 minutes Mm, same it's like if I'm driving it doesn't feel as long I love a really good road trip but I do like to be the driver I have control issues shocking oh my god that's so weird I would have never guessed (laughs) it feels so out of character right okay Mm -hmm. so I do have to ask Katie did you get evicted from Frogmore Palace and did you get your coronation invitation if only if only i am stuck on royal tiktok (laughs) no i'm not dude i'm not cool enough even if i am a duchess okay like i mean i'm a duchess in our world hey where it counts yeah i can say this is where it matters listen elton john and harry styles both said screw you king we don't like you so. yeah goodbye well if sir elton says it it must be true it must be true See you, people it must be yeah <laughs> i can't say that harry styles like influences my opinions too much but sir I elton like john i like him but elton i like better. he's adorable i think harry styles is just adorable and i'm fairly certain i can be his mother so <laughs> you 100 percent could i could probably be his mother <laughs> <He's> <laughs> i don't true. know <laughs> um and it's so funny because when my kids when my girl child was like Second, third, fourth grade. That was during the whole um, uh, One, One Direction. Direction. Yeah, I had to think of the band. Because we oh, also went them. through a big time rush. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember big time rush. And yeah, so I had a girl that was, girl child that was all about One Direction and heart eyes. And Same. I'm like, hmm. Same. I, I don't know if I've ever listened to a full song by them. I'm sure you like have. Incompl- no, like incompletion. Like I've heard songs. Leah them, lives in a dark little I've... shed where they only play banjos. That's not true. We don't only play banjos. We used to have the banjo music live in the house as well. He sold. He sold the banjo. We don't have the banjos live anymore. So don't worry, we don't have banjos anymore, guys. Um. So something new that we're doing on Buzzing About Romance is we have started the romance term of the week. And this week, we are talking about PWP. Ooh, that's one of my favorites. That is a term that we (laughs) use quite often around here. (laughs) Um, And PWP is porn without plot. These 
are going to be stories that are heavy on the physical manifestation of their relationship over the actual story. Um, Manifestation. Do you like that? I made it sound fancy. You really did. It sounds like (laughs) real, like a real like definition. Right? Mm -hmm. They have all the sexy time and not so much of the story time. (laughs) If any. Yeah. Sometimes you you get names and that is about it. Yeah. And I am there for that. Even in the book when they're like, oh my God, what is this person's name? Like, <laughs> like at least we're on the same page. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> they bent me over the t- couch. Do I remember what to call him? <laughs> yeah, Right. And I think the first time I ever heard that term was from you guys. Like, oh gosh, I don't even know how long ago. Like it, I was probably still living in my apartment. I feel like probably when you mentioned that term i don't know if it was like a drunk book club or something and i was like oh that's what it's called like (laughs) i mean because there is erotica but a lot of times erotica doesn't necessarily have to end in an hea Mm -mm. um so the terms of erotica it's really is just sex and the physical relationship yeah when we say porn without plot these are going to be they are going to have some kind of story it's just not going to be the main focus. And oh, it is going to be a always, romance because you're going to get the HEA. But it, and it's not always developed. Like, like there's there's a meet, there's a lot of sex, there's an ending. Like that's sometimes all you get. Like there's not often dialogue aside from suck it and do it harder. And, <laughs> and you oh say God. that so matter of factly. I love it. <laughs> you know we just keep it real um so we invited katie because lee and i did a hot take episode back in december and it went really well but we needed more opinions to come in (laughs) and keep us well and also we needed somebody to temper us a little bit (laughs) and so depending on the subject matter i could do that uh we invited katie to be the voice of reason Hmm. We'll see how this goes. I don't know. If that was, This might be a fool's errand, but here I am. <laughs> a thought that counts, right? Right. Yeah. So on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are back with our bookish hot takes in Ix. We are also going to catch up with uh, Duchess Katie and find out what's happening over on the Corset and Crown podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's just get into our discussion and then we'll catch up on Corset and Crown on the other yeah. side. Yeah. First things first. Harper Collins strike is oh over. God. That was a hot mess. <laughs> that, a hot mess of chaos. That took so long. Like I it was so frustrating to me because so many of the books I was reading at that time were Harper Collins imprints, specifically a lot of Avon because historical romance. Mm-hmm. Um and that really sucked because some of my faves had books come out during well, that. And that's and the then, thing you wanted to like rave about the book. Yes. But then you can't talk about it. Right. Without, you know, breaking, um, crossing the picket line. And I didn't want to do that either. But then also having spoken with some of those authors and they voiced their disdain mm-hmm. for what was going on as well. So it's like, there's all this solidarity but the ones who are hurting, besides obviously the the union members and the workers, are th- are these authors who have books that come out and then don't perform because no one was hyping it up. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went basically from November through most of February, right. not being t- in respect to the union, not yeah. talking about these Avon titles. And there's some authors that did some shady shit during this time. Oh, 100%. And I'm a little bitter about it. Yeah. Tessa Bailey, I'm sorry. She signed that deal two days before the strike happened. And she didn't think twice about making the big announcement. Yep. And I thought, really, lady? Really, you couldn't wait till March because it was her backlist. Yeah, it wasn't. Like it wasn't. It wasn't an announcement that needed to happen. Like she could have put it off for even like three months, even if like the strike hadn't happened. It was not something that really even needed announced. Like nobody cares that like you signed a contract for your backlist. I mean, it's exciting for her, but show some compassion to the working yeah. class that is helping to get your book out. That isn't sitting mm-hmm. in a fancy. Um, high rise long island yeah. apartment yeah. or house or right and that's the thing like it's a read the room situation like yes it's a very big room but it's like read the fucking room like you know like as a person as a human being like that was a bad step yeah and it yeah. did and it sucks that the strike happened because it hit a lot of us during our year in lists mm-hmm. and so then you know we all questioned well we read those books and talked about those books previous to the strike are we allowed to put them on their list and i did a lot of talking with different union reps and different authors and how we'd handle it and they said you know just as long as you are saying we recommend this book we like you know we really liked this book but also just be aware of what's happening at harbor collins that's all they asked from us and part of it too is making sure like we really focus on the author side of it like this author wrote this amazing book Yes, they had this company that helped them get it to like the point that it did, but idea like ideally it is the author's work that was that good. Well, yeah. And I have this a little later on our list, but I'll bring it up now. Also during this list was when a lot of the curated lists for the end of the year stuff came out. Yep. And first of all, I talked about this on a TikTok. There needs to be more transparencies in those fucking lists. Mm -hmm. 1000% yep because those lists you know it the big publish in the Washington Post it was written by Adriana Herrera who is a delightful human but she's a romance author and because of that she is only going to recommend books of books that she blurbed she's probably not free reading books she doesn't have time to do that Mm -hmm. and so if she's blurbing a book, those are books that are her friends or books that are part of her publishing label. Mm-hmm. And when she wrote that list, there was no transparency that, hey, this is author Adriana Herrera. She is published by this publisher and had, you know, and is also represented in this agency. Mm-hmm. Some authors on this list might be from those places. Then Olivia Waite did it over in the New York Times list. Mm hmm. That was in the New York Sunday Magazine. It was like, again, half the people on your list. But then Faded Mates did it too. And it really irritated me. Because it was all their their friends and all the books from HarperCollins. Yep. 100%. And that's the the thing. Like, if you're going to do that, that's fine. But just be like, hey, so this is the company that I work for. And these authors work for that company too like just let us know at a time i just think it's transparency yeah yeah and i think too it, it there are some times where i feel like we do get some of that transparency like 
I know that there have been times and maybe it wasn't on this particular list, especially with faded mates, but a lot of the times Sarah or Jen and Jen also always discloses when she reads Sarah's books and loves them, obviously. I mean, she's, they're like besties, but they'll say like full disclosure, this is a personal friend of mine, but Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think a lot of people avoid doing that because they don't want people to think, oh, they're just their friend or whatever. Like that's why they recommend it. So, but I feel like it's almost like a little, yeah, like sketch to just, to not even be upfront with it. Like, well, and that's all I'm asking for. I think I don't have a problem that you're recommending your friend's books. We do it. We recommend the humans that we like and the people that we have connections with. And and that's okay. That's human nature. You want to support the people that are in your life and the people you love but you just have to kind of caveat it a little bit, you know, right. I'm mm-hmm. recommending these seven titles. These are my friends. And, and just, I think there's just an honesty level to it. A lot of these authors, because of the nature of their career, a lot of them don't read within the genre that they write. Mm-hmm. Right. And if they are reading within the genre they write, it's because they've been asked by their publisher or asked by their agent or asked by an author friend to read the book so that they can give a blurb. And so when I say blurbing, I mean, like, you'll see a quote from, um, like, on a Sarah McLean book, you might see a quote from Lorna Bell that says, yeah, it's like a know. little review quote. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's all I'm asking for. Just state your connection. Be open, Be open yeah. and honest. Yeah. Don't be shady. I don't think it's wrong to make a list of the books you liked. Mm-mm. Just be Mm-mm. truthful as to who who they are in your life. Right. Because, you know, that's like asking my husband to go into the podcast app and give leave me good reviews. <laughs> he doesn't do that? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Are you kidding? I'm just kidding. kidding. Um, okay. So, the discourse... Of what counts as reading has come up again in discussions. Oh, Christ. This, <laughs> this makes me so angry. So angry. Like, could it not be more ableist, like, right. no, to say thing, shit like that? Like, yeah. Well, and my thing is, uh, there are so many different styles of learning. There are yeah. auditory learners. There are tactile learners. There are visual learners. Like, reading is a tool of learning. And mm-hmm. there are people who cannot... There are people who physically cannot hold a book. So mm-hmm. yes, they're going to do all of their reading with their ears, but yep. maybe like, maybe that person is an audio, like an auditory learner and they can't like comprehend looking at the words or they're dyslexic and they have like a learning disability. So listening to the book is so much easier for them than going in and reading the page. This gets me so fired up because every single, like not two people do not learn the same way. Everybody learns differently. I don't care if you're reading a comic book, a graphic novel, if you are drawing like random pictures and putting like one word on a page and saying you wrote a book, like that is a book. It doesn't matter how that book gets into your brain, whether you are listening to it, whether someone is speaking it to you. Leah is fired up. I feel like we need a hallelujah. (laughs) Like this is the one thing that makes me so mad so mad I just don't really like hearing how people are I mean beyond the fact that this is a discourse happening right now but the Mm. fact that people are like dying on this hill I'm sorry have you never in your life had a challenge 
like think I like think really hard about something that it took you some time to process and like audiobooks aren't always the answer for me but sometimes they are and I would have never in my wildest dreams ever thought I would have to say yeah this is I'm reading a book by listening to it on audio I've all reading your ear reading it's all reading you're consuming the material like are we gonna say that if you read in braille you're not reading not reading Mm -hmm. because well and like I didn't listen to audio for the longest time (laughs) like I didn't listen to them because I can read a book physically read a book faster than I can listen to it but I have Mm -hmm. delved into the audio world and it is a delightful place it is a delightful place to be but I would never tell somebody three years ago you didn't read that book because you didn't hold it in your hands. Like, right. Like that is fucking bullshit. But there are even fucking people that bullshit. feel the same way about e-reading versus e-readers. That I e-reading isn't that really too. reading. Really? Like, what kind of dumbasses live in this world? Like, well, and I just can't even handle that. It's like when yes, you read I know that that's article, a question. <laughs> when you read that article online, you weren't holding the newspaper or the magazine. So <laughs> Did you actually read it? Well, no. that makes me want to get into the like you researched it. So you created a a hypothesis and did Where an did you do your research? Did you do your research on the computer or did you research it in a dictionary? Because we all fucking know that dictionaries are not like prevalent. Like yeah. the encyclopedias that we use now I'm dating myself, but an encyclopedia, <laughs> like we used to have a set of encyclopedias in my house, like A through Z. And there was two S's because there's so many S's or whatever letter they had to yeah. of. So it's S's. like, we had a set of encyclopedias. I couldn't just go on the computer and clicky click and find everything in the world. Right. Like I had to look that shit up and cite it because like with a book, like citation. But well, and I, I think, I think too, like, again, going back to the, the ableism of it all, like we're, I mean, beyond you know physically being able to hold a book mm-hmm. or it it's even for the people who um who are you know who are just like have a hard time seeing things you know like with adding um descriptors in your po- in your posts on Instagram and things like that like talking about what it is so people can hear about what you posted hear mm-hmm. a description i mean we we do that to uh, to aid other folks who aren't as able as we are or you know generally speaking um so i just think it's really shitty um that this is even a conversation that's happening like ugh it is ick it is ick and but it's one of those that when it comes up i will continue to air and say i don't care how you consume the book as long as you consume the book legally yeah and respectfully legally that's all i care yeah. That is all I care about. Just make sure you do it legally. You either borrowed it or you bought it. That's yeah. it. At the end, of, I don't care. I don't care how you got it as far as long as you got it, you know, legally. Legally. Mm-hmm. That's all. Um. Okay. So next thing. This one's going to get you all in your feels too. I don't know. Like that one, that last one. <laughs> so there was recent discussion, I believe, on Twitter saying that people feel that you should hide the type of spice that you read so therefore you are not judged which this plays into the whole why do we need discrete covers conversation judge me you can judge me all you want i will Please read do what i want yeah no i'm not into that 
I spent way like, too I'm... much of my life hiding things that I loved. And I now being 36 years old and finally finding things that I really love and have a platform to talk about it. I will not shut up about it. I'm gonna I just want loud and proud, loud and proud, baby. I mean, I, I, at one point wanted to keep my book world separate from my real world. And then I was like, but why? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of uh, like told some people about it, told my besties about it. And then, you know, I was just like, okay, whatever, fine. This, this is who I am. Like, I, I do not care. And then there are people who are like, okay, I really want to read something that's like really hot, really smutty, really whatever, whatever. And I'm like, I have a wreck for you. Thank you for trusting me. (laughs) Thank you for trusting me. Thinking of that. Like, so I was at swim practice. My oldest is on the swim team and I'm sitting there talking to one of the moms. She had her Kindle. We started talking about books and she was like, oh, I'm reading this series. It's by Melanie Summers. Like it was her Royal treatment series. I'm like, oh, that's a really good book. I have so many other books that you should read. And I know joke (laughs) wrote her like a list of like 14 books and authors. And I gave it to her like, no joke. Like three weeks later, she's like, I have read so many books since you have started me on this like downward like spiral yeah it's like thank you i i don't understand and i I have zero like qualms about it i do think some of it comes a little bit of privilege for the three of Mm -hmm. us because we are all white women yep you know we of course we live in america we live in america Mm -hmm. and we do have a patriarchal society within us um and all three of us are married but mm-hmm. I never had the judgments from my husband. Like I married one of the really good guys and he never once said, oh, those are your porn books or, you know, your dirty books or anything like that. I mean, seriously, we wouldn't have a podcast without dude. Like, yeah. right. Big supporter. But I don't write public transit. So I'm not trying to read a book in, you know, on public transit where I could be approached mm-hmm. by a stranger. Um, and well, honestly, though, it, if I a stranger. my e-reader all the time. So nobody's seen my cover anyway. But you know, blessings to the stranger that approaches me about books, because I'm fairly certain I'll say the word penis like 75,000 times and tell them all the sexy things. And they're going to walk away and be like, wow, I don't know how to feel about that conversation. It's really different. (laughs) Well, and I, I mean, part of the reason I kept it so close to the vest too, is because I mean, my husband wasn't like unsupportive, but he just he didn't get it so he found my book page and he was like what is this and I told him I was like it's because you made fun of some of the books I read and then he felt really really bad really really guilty and was proud of the page because I was getting followers and I was talking to people and making friends and he was like I was so wrong and I'm so sorry. And now, I mean, obviously he helped me build my library <laughs> office. So See, mine, mine is kind of indifferent. He like, he doesn't really care either way. He's like, those mm-hmm. are your books. You do your thing. Like it, it helps bring some money in because you edit some people's books like that. So have at it. Yeah. It's like, but you can read what you want. But that's the thing. Like as a human being, you can read what you want. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if you read fantasy thrillers, murder mysteries. If you only read nonfiction autobiographies, like, or pick, yeah, nonfiction autobiographies, <laughs> have at it. Do your yeah. thing. Read what you want to read. Like, who, right. do not care what people are talking about. Like, yeah. if you want to read the history of the the bicycle six times, that is... <laughs> 
I'm sure that's a book. It probably is. If you want to read it six times, that is your prerogative as a person to decide what you want to read. What I will judge is the people that are reading some of these trash human conservative people that are getting book deals. If I catch you reading those, I'm judging you. FYI. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because they're reading shitty people, like books by shitty people. They're not reading shitty books. They're by shitty people. It's different. You're not really judging the person reading it. You're judging the author that has written it. No, I'm judging the people too. <laughs> but yeah, but they might not know they're a trash person. Well, because oh. they might be one of those people that like they're just like a reader who enjoys reading. Okay, Leah, for the don't sake be nice. We don't we don't have time for nice. I'm, Leah. I am being the devil's advocate here because they're not well, everybody's not it. everybody's <laughs> as insane as we are. Like, it's... let's throw that out there. Like. We are a little obsessive when it comes to books and authors. We are. Carrie Ann Ryan put a Facebook post up on like on Facebook today about how you discovered a book and then you proceeded to buy the entire backlist and become obsessed. Yeah, become that a fan us. fangirl. No, fan we boy. just we just make them be our friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like a, like a delightful human. And honestly, I was like, I'll just come down to Texas and hang out and help you pack Patreon books. Like but she's not everybody like- is like us. So like, you have guess, to go with that. Also. Yeah, whatever. But read what you want and fuck everybody else. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So recently, have bum a lot tonight. It's okay. <laughs> We've got our explicit label. We're fine. Um, recently, their Kindle Unlimited is once again under attack. Uh, <clears throat> because so what happened was. Amazon took down some very popular books that were in Kindle Unlimited. And told the authors, we found your books on other sites, and therefore you're other other sites. You're in violation of our exclusivity clause for your titles. Um, You need to prove that you didn't put them there, and then you can have your account back. Ended up being one of the people that this happened to was Lauren Asher with the release of the third book in her, the final offer, the third book in her billionaire Dreamland series. Here's the deal. Piracy sucks. Piracy's bad. Don't be a pirate. Well, be a sexy pirate. Don't pirate books. Um, Right. Here's. (laughs) So. Sorry, I couldn't pass that one up. Here's what I need to say about this, because there's an educational piece that was not talked about as people were railing about this. Hmm. These books, these pirated versions of these books were found on legitimate retail sites yeah. they were found on script and they were found on apple books apple books mm-hmm. and through all of this discourse the authors getting over on tiktok and on instagram screaming and yelling that they're now on strike against amazon they're pulling their books out of kindle unlimited mm-hmm. and but they're not talking about the lack of um checks 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 protection protection Mm -hmm. that these other retailers are not giving books like you can go on apple books right now and type in a popular book title and it can be a wide offering let's say like a colleen hoover book that's a wide offering you will find three or four copies of it and it takes you a minute to figure out which one is the actual colleen hoover book right because it's pirated copies that have no business being up there but in the whole thing it was easier to tag amazon and i am not saying amazon is the best thing or the be all to end all what Amazon does percent wrong either. But what Amazon does give to readers is accessibility 
at an affordable price. Yeah. And so while, yes, it's corporate America, do I want to work for them? Absolutely not. And we have an upcoming episode all about libraries that will we will clear up some of these library misconceptions for people. Um, <laughs> it's going to be an eye-opening episode. Libraries are not all the same. They are mm-hmm. not. And books to get books in libraries are expensive. So Amazon does kind of level the playing field. But here's the other piece to this. There would not be an indie book movement without Amazon. This is true. So hate all you want, but they provided you with a platform. But But it's also the case for like hate on Apple books a little bit for allowing like that to be uploaded. Hate on script because you can find so many books in their document section. So many books, like tons of books, but you don't hear people like bitching about the fact that anybody can upload a book and there's no check as like to whether or not like the author like is doing this. Like, yeah, it's, it's like one of the, it's a double-edged sword because yes, Amazon is not doing the authors a, like a good service, but at the same time, like it's a bot. It is not a person sitting there saying, yes. I found this, like it is a bot doing checks. And when they Mm -hmm. find those checks, like they, they put holds and delays and pull stuff, but it's a bot. It is a computer doing this Uh shit. (laughs) I mean, piracy is bad, but I think that we, it's a bigger conversation that needs to happen. There needs to be more Mm -hmm. protection for authors when uploading a book to a retail site, more Mm -hmm. checks and balances. Yeah. Yeah. So, Okay. Uh, we are done for that. We will continue to support Kindle Unlimited and Kindle Unlimited authors because some of my favorites. Well, and honestly, if I didn't have Kindle Unlimited, like I would not be able to read the way that I do because I read a shit ton of books and I would be fucking poor. I would just be constantly rereading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be a constant reread because. Yeah. And there's so many things I wouldn't have discovered without mm-hmm. it oh yeah 100 well you recently i mean not recently but you fell in love with melanie harlow yeah and that's yep. where her books are mm-hmm. yep yes it was all thanks to a drunk book club or yeah author chat or something yeah, yeah. nope we get that okay so book talk which is love and hate katie's like no 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 no. It's a toxic cesspool. I don't. Tr- I don't trust it. Period. Period. So, a couple of discussion points have recently I like your, surfaced. I like your little discussion point in the shallow world of book talk. <laughs> that was the name of the article. That yeah. was the absolute yeah, name so of the article. Spot on. It is book talk. More important to be a to be a reader than actually reading. Mm -hmm. That was the consensus of an article called In the Shallow World of Book Talk. It was featured in GQ Magazine, the UK version. And I will link this article in our on the shelf show notes. There's a quote that I would like to get your gut reaction on this because both of you are bookstagrammers. And there was Mm -hmm. a time when bookstagram came under quite a bit of discourse too, because it was all about the aesthetic, the pretty yeah. picture. So were you really reading mm-hmm. the book or were you just taking the pretty picture? So 
Something about watching the same 20 books being flaunted again and again, people openly confessing to owning hundreds of unread books, the flagrant abuse of sticky tabs and novels that absolutely do not require that much citation, bookshelves that are so perfect that it aroused suspicions, people calling themselves certified bookworms, but like entirely earnestly frequently referencing to people's yearly reading goal, something called new adult. It was like entering a parallel universe where reading wasn't just something that someone did for fun. It was a lifestyle, an aesthetic. People were readers. And this is the gentleman that wrote this article, Barry Pierce. He was a YouTuber in the early days of BookTube. Um, Mm. And he feels that he might be responsible for book talk. Like, (laughs) no, thank you. Ego, sir, but you're not. That's fine. So. You all have big feelings on BookTok. I have big feelings on BookTok. Do you think that it is more about the claim of being a reader than actually reading the books? I don't even think it's the claim of being a reader. I think it is the claim of like, I have this paperback in my hand. Yeah. And I'm going to like show it to you and dance around and show you all the books that I have. But I don't care if you're like, if you're promoting a book saying like you should read a book and you haven't done it. I care if you say this book is amazing and you haven't read that book and it's a Mm -hmm. shitty book. Like, don't tell me a book is great. If you haven't read it, if you don't Don't tell me you love this author, if you've never read that author, I don't Mm -hmm. care if you go on there and talk about, Hey, this book just released. It's this trope and this trope, like it's these characters, but do not tell me, yes, this is a great book. If you have not cracked open that book or read it on your, on your Kindle or e-reader or whatever device you so choose. That is my hangup with book talk is I feel like it is all about the stuff. The book talkers want the free books. They want the stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. I have a, a lot of paperbacks. I've gotten a bunch of them for free, but I can guarantee that there are maybe three books behind me that I did not read in some form or another. And I have probably um, a couple hundred books behind me. Yeah. But I have read 99.99999%. I think I have two Carrie Ann Ryans that I haven't read yet because her backlist is big as shit, people. <laughs> like, and you have to take your time to get through those. But I pay for those books. Like, she doesn't just send them to me on part of her Patreon. So I paid mm-hmm. for those. Like, if I buy a book and I didn't pay, and like, I didn't pay for, or I didn't like read it, like, that's on me. But I don't buy a paperback unless I've read the book. <clears throat> so, what are your thoughts on Book Talk? Katie I uh, I don't I don't I go on TikTok to watch like goofy shit like organizing TikTok no I I don't I can't even I couldn't even describe what I go to TikTok for because I don't think that it's consistent enough I think these for you page is amazing it is amazing there's so much random shit in there (laughs) but I don't go there ever to get a book rack and I think part of that is because when I did jump in to take a look I saw the same shit over and over and I had read the books that they were recommending and I was like did we read the same book I don't think that we did Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think that 
I am the spicy police, but I also don't think that all of us necessarily have the same scale of what is considered spicy. And that's great. That's fine. But you can't sit here and tout something as off the charts hot and it's either closed door or it's like dry humping. I'm sorry. Like, well, it depends on the dry humping. It does depend on the dry humping, but I'll tell you what, I haven't read it in a, in a book that was, you know, revered on book talk. I read it in another book that nobody's talking about. Right. And, you know, so I think, I think for me, like bookstagram does this too. I think book talk is way more like guilty of the overhype and the undersell and then then bookstagram is maybe you know at one point was but i think there i mean i have Instagram is a lot more even kill yeah like Mm -hmm. you see a better balance Mm -hmm. i think people i don't know that people necessarily review review on bookstagram as much as you do a lot of promo on bookstagram like the promo posts like the the generated like pr firm stuff over on bookstagram well and i like last year was a tough year for me for reading so i did not post as much as i used to um but like once or twice a week i was posting whether i had finished the book that week or you know a couple weeks ago or whatever i took a pretty picture and then i gave like a like a snippet blurb of what I would uh, include as the highlights and just say, Hey, my full review is on Goodreads if you want to see it. And then, but like, if it's a book that I loved an author that I loved and I want to hype the shit out of it, I go like all out with that post. And I Mm -hmm. tag the author too, because it's gotten to the point. I only do that when it, when I love, 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 love. And I don't, open up the conversation for what did you think no mm-hmm. like it's more of like I love this kind book. of I love this book and do you have any other recommendations like this trope I'm not welcoming people coming into my comments and throwing shade or anything like that um but I just think book talk is as a whole is unreliable to me mm-hmm. I agree 100%. so one of the things one of the quotes that came out of that article was Book talk is easy bingeable novels that all sorts that have this of all sorts that have the same cover. Now we're going to just yeah. talk about the romance piece of this, mm-hmm. but I do believe discrete covers are a direct result of book talk and new to romance readers who didn't live through the object covers of the late nineties, right? <laughs> At the height of purity culture, um, right? I I do think. I also think, and this is something I recently talked on a book talk video about, there's a very big difference between a um, an advanced copy reader influencer and a critical reviewer. So an advanced copy, an advanced copy reader. Mm-hmm. There is a very big difference. And book talk, on Bookstagram, it is very clear who are Bookstagram people and who are just people that like romance. Like, it's very clear but nobody's trying to make money or be an influencer on Instagram. No. no. <clears throat> we all learned really quickly there is no money to be had in Instagram. Nobody's sponsoring posts over there. Right. Over on BookTok, though, these publishers and these authors are spending bank. And mm-hmm. they are hiring these influencers to promote their books and talk about their books. And 
it's not a critical review. And I spend a lot of time like you, did I read the same book? And again, this brings me back to the one hill that I will always die on. Please, when if you didn't like a book, if you DNF'd a book, so a one or a two-star book, leave the fucking review. Leave it. Yeah. Put it on Goodreads. It doesn't, don't attack the author. Mm -mm. Tell us why that story didn't work for you. It was full of plot holes. The, I recently read one that the heroine has major trust issues and the, the hero keeps showing up and doing everything for her to be like, Hey, I'm here. And he pines for her. And it's still an issue to almost the last page of the book. And it was like, I read a book recently. (laughs) Yeah. I read a book recently. It was a three star for the story, but no joke. The first chapter, one of the characters, I didn't know what his name was because she had two different names and would flip flop between the two of them. It's just bad editing. It's confusing. But this, but like once I got past that chapter, It threw me off though. Like it could have been a like a four and a half star book, like because there were plot not plot holes. Like it was a solid story. But that first chapter where she could not get the one side character's name correctly, I was like, "You've got to be kidding!" <laughs> and then, but then, like Becky said, who is reading this book before she puts it out? And has not a single person like caught the fact that like she's flipping between Gabe and Gage like multiple times? I had a book that the <laughs> timeline doesn't add up. She said it was the child was four years old and they'd been friends for four years, but they met when she was pregnant with the child. That would be five years. Yeah. And the child talks like they're 12 and not four. And it messed. Oh, anyway. Okay. So as we all sit here on our screens and our listeners cannot see this, we all have beautiful bookshelves behind us. Mm -hmm. The culture of book collecting. Do you know that there are people that do not collect books and don't think that they're these magical pieces of Also, the beauty? psychos that crack a spine. I'm not talking to you because I know you read your paperbacks. I do. I, give, yeah. I will forgive you for that. But like, I, a cracked spine stresses me out. <laughs> so I will link this article from The Guardian. It was some people I, treat I books like the Tomaic magical objects. <laughs> And um, she goes on to specify that these people follow the belief system of having a lot of books and boasting about it, um, treating and having a lot of books as a stand in for your personality or believing that simply owning a lot of books makes you know things. But I don't boast about all my books. They just look pretty. They are just for me. Like, I don't care if other people know that I have all these pretties behind me. Same. I know those pretties are behind me. I don't boast about owning a lot of books. I actually am slightly embarrassed sometimes when, like, the other day, Mike and the girl child were like, I was like, a thousand books to be a library, guys. And they're like, oh, you have a thousand books. And I'm like, no, I don't. No, you don't. No, I don't. And they went and they counted my books. They counted my books, you guys. And I was How a little embarrassed. You? You're not a library yet, though. I'm not a library yet. Okay. I haven't counted That's mine. not counting the Kindle, should. though. That doesn't yeah. for counting Kindles. Kindle I'm, audiobooks. I'm and a it, library. I don't know that it counts the box of step backs that I have like under the bookshelf that are not out on display. There's probably still not a library though. Okay. There are a lot of books in that box though. There are a lot of books <laughs> in that box. Well, um what's in the box? 
Okay. More hate on book talk. And then we're going to move from this because I have other things I feel like we need to talk about. Is book talk sucking the joy out of reading? Yes. (laughs) Talk is sucking the joy out of life. (laughs) Um, Comparisons of how much you read versus others. When people question how much you read and how do you have time for it? Reading is not a competition, but I suddenly find myself, this is a quote from the article again. It's from the Huffington Post. I will link it in the in the on-the-shelf show notes. Um, reading is not a competition, but I suddenly found myself feeling like I had to read more or make excuses as to why I didn't read that often. Yeah. Yeah. So the only and- thing I'll say to that, though, is in my real life, I get this all the time. Like, how do you read so many books? People, I do not have a life and I do not watch TV. Well, I watch like two TV shows. That's it. Because mm-hmm. I'm read obsessed you watch with- your TV shows? What? Do you read while you watch your TV show? Um, No, I usually play like a little mobile game because I'm obsessed with Chicago PD and Adam because he's from the Princess Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read really fast. So like <laughs> I can read a lot of book in like a night. And also like once like my kids are like, in bed I don't do anything because I'm tired as shit after a day but I also could like if I have a day off where like I don't have to do anything I can put away four or five books if I read all day and I don't do anything else like I read really freaking fast and so like I put away a book a day without question I also think the people that are making these comments about it being a competition and feeling like they have to make excuses are also the same people that are saying audiobooks aren't reading yeah, probably. because they probably I, are because I do at least not one audiobook a week, too. I don't read that fast. And I have found um, I definitely read paperbacks a lot faster than I do my e-reader. And mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. I think I just like whether it be the eye strain or that it's easier for me to like just swap it out for my phone and mm-hmm. dink around on that. But um I know. And even, even if you did go through my posts last year, like on Instagram, you would see me apologizing for lack of content constantly because like my, my reading was down, my reviews were down. Like I just wasn't doing what I normally do. And it bummed me out. Like not just for the fact that I wasn't engaging with followers anymore or like it purely was, I wasn't reading as much and I had nothing to talk about. And that sucks when you know that you read good shit and you, you, you're stuck. And I think a lot of that comes from definitely not, not as much book talk because I don't participate in that, but like from the pretty pictures, the conversations happening in the comment sections, things like that. And it's, it feels like a competition when in reality, everybody that I would talk to on, on Instagram is like, but it's not, you're, you're making this into something that isn't necessarily the truth. And I see people who always read a shitload of books at the end of the year, setting their good reads artificially low so they don't do this to themselves year after year you know and yeah it's tough well and there are a lot of people i know a lot of people this year that said i'm not setting a good reads goal i'm not doing Mm -hmm. it i don't want to compete against myself to make sure that i'm staying on track and one of our longtime dedicated listeners and fans nikki recently added a new person to her family and Mm -hmm. she was she texted me the other day and she's like 
It Goodreads says I'm 30 books behind. Well, yeah, <laughs> you had a new human. Like, yeah, you... <laughs> it's hard think, to read when you have you can, a like, little human. Well, a needy human at that. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I don't look at it as a competition. I, I don't. Mm. Um, and I will tell you, like, earlier this week, as we're recording this, I went for four days and didn't read a single book for myself. Like, I had work stuff. Um, but I didn't read any books for podcast or any books for pleasure. I was really slumping. And yeah. I have been struggling since really last fall. Um, but it's become more prevalent January, February. And that's why a little bit the podcast feels a little all over the place um, right now is because I've been struggling. And books, the hobby and reading and my job and reading, it's making it a little harder to read. And so one of the things I've done is I stopped taking a lot of arcs. Like I'm yeah. not taking arcs. Um, I'll read books that publishers send me from NetGalley, but I'm not taking a lot of arcs right now because I just want to review the books that I love. Mm -hmm. Right. And I like right now I keep telling everyone I'm in my dark era because I'm in this mafia hole of chaos. Wonderfulness. Where people are being kidnapped and sometimes consent is not always like what it's supposed to be. Well, but I think that's the thing too. Like I've, I have been, I was in kind of a slump. We did this whole perfect gentleman experience, experience for the podcast and experiment. And it was delightful, but it put me in a really bad slump. But I just like, I went back and did some backlist reading for some authors that like, I really enjoy, but like I hadn't had a chance to read their backlists yet. So like mm -hmm. I did some rereading, I read new books, but they're like four or five years old. Part of my issue is some of the new books that I was really excited for were not good. Mm -hmm. Like they just did not hit. Like there's this neat, like there's this author need to pump a ton of books out every year and they're not putting out quality work. Yeah. It is the quantity, not the quality, you know, like, and I recognize that because I am a critical reader, like, and I will notice that and it bugs me. And so like, I'm like, all right, well, I'll just... I'll stick with the ones like I know will put out a good book because of the way that they write. And then I'll just read like old stuff from authors that like I love. Mm -hmm. So last topic before we'll go on to our end of the book stuff. I really want to talk about AI. And I think that we are going to need an actual whole episode of this, but I'm going to need some smarter people than me. <laughs> in this discussion. Um, so when I say yeah. AI, I'm talking artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has recently come up is Find Away Voices, which is a distribution um, warehouse, virtual warehouse for audiobooks. Um, it came to light that they were selling narration samples to Google and Apple for AI voice setting because there is a trend happening in audiobook narration where a cheaper form of audiobooks is with AI produced voices. And of course the SAG AFRA, the um the audio narrators are saying, please don't do this. Yeah, what? You're gonna get us out of jobs. Our you know, people aren't gonna want to pay us what our worth is and what our value is. Um yeah, it's That's 
Ew, I don't like that. I'm now I'm just imagining like the TikTok lady reading me a book. I don't want to hear that. It, it's it really is. it will be smarter than like because I have used the adaptive settings in my phone for Alexa to read me a book. Like if I don't own the audiobook or maybe there it's a indie author that doesn't have an audiobook available, but I mm-hmm. can't physically sit with my eyes right now. Either I've got a migraine or I need to be on the move. There are adaptive settings that will help people consume material like that and have it read to you. Mm -hmm. And that's very clear. Like it's the Siri voice or it's the Alexa voice. Yeah. Um, This would be a next step level. Like this would sound human, um, but they were using real narrators to create these non-human narrators. Hmm. And it is icky, but then I was recently on an author's page and it's an author that, I like, I've liked their books in the past. They cannot afford to produce audiobooks right now. Mm-hmm. They have a family of like five children. Both. The- it's not, it's not, it's not outlandish, but it is expensive. Yeah. Well, especially if you want a quality book. Yeah. They just, they have a bunch of books they cannot afford to put to audio. It, it just isn't in their financial situation. And they right. have decided to go the AI for one of their books, one of their mm-hmm. newer books. And part of the reason to do this is, is that they have a lot of people in their readership that need audiobooks and they want it to be better quality than Siri or Alexa reading the book. Sure. So it's a sticky wicket. It is yeah, that's super a challenging sticky wicket. Yeah. It's, you know. Because everybody deserves to get to read the books that they want to read. Right. Mm-hmm. And de- the way that you consume your book, as we've probably discussed ad nauseum tonight, um, <laughs> you, everything is valid. So mm-hmm. finding a way to make it consumable for yourself. And you can, well, if you can't, that sucks. That, that is a hurdle. And, well, and also for authors to find a way to do it. Like if it isn't an affordable option for them, like to find a way to create that platform for their readers, Mm -hmm. because they want to support their readers. It goes both ways. You want to support the author, but those authors want to support the readers. So they continue reading them. But there are some where like they, they have a hard time with the fact that there are some authors without audio books, but it's not an easy process. Right. Which readers, like we are in like a different headspace because like we, we are in the back end of some of this stuff. So like we understand that, but it is a process to get your book put into audio. It mm-hmm. is not a cheap process. Like, no. And that's the thing, like authors who are just starting out, unless you are one of those like anomalies who like right out of the gate do really well, it is a slow so, process. Top tier narrator, a finished hour is on average about $350 for a top tier yeah. narrator. Mm-hmm. An AI narrated book is going to roll under $120 a finished hour. Yeah. So yeah. it's affordability, it's accessibility. Is it right? No. I don't know that there's a real winner in any of this conversation. And there's I don't problems. Think there is. There's problems with artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is known to be inherently racist. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And so there are problems with that piece. So another piece of that is now the author guild has added to its contracts that publishers cannot share manuscripts with AI developers. Mm 
It also brings into one of the new things that came out in February was Chat GPT written books. So Chat GPT is a program. It's a free program on the internet that you could put your work into this chat and say, rewrite in the style of William Shakespeare. And it would turn your email into a William Shakespeare written email. Like it would have his inferences and his speak and slangs that would be within his time period. You can also put your email in there and say, please write this more professionally. And it would clean up your email. So when ChatGPT came out, a lot of people started writing, here is the basic of a story. Please write a story written in, like, say, a sci-fi author. Um, please write this in a Stephen King-styled setting, a short story. ChatGPT will rewrite the story. And people started submitting these written stories to, like, short story magazines and stuff that pay, like, 20 cents a word. And they were so huh. inundated with all these new manuscripts to read through. Do you think we will see AI written books in our future? That's hard to say. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to say I hope not, but like, I kind of hope not. I hope not too, because I think it will take the humanity. You, yeah. Artificial intelligence I mean, cannot I give us humanity. Not, but I don't see, like, that just seems to be the trend but it's, of life. Right. But yeah. we don't know what are books are ghostwritten and not ghostwritten either. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, how many but books are so we sitting here saying? So many authors have ghostwriters, but you don't, it's like Fight Club. You don't talk about it. Yeah, you don't talk about it. So instead of, I mean, really, the person this is going to hurt potentially the most are the ghostwriters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's it's the people that are writing for other people under a pseudonym. So anyway, huh. just something to think about. If you have opinions on AI, chat GPT, send us an email. We'd love to hear your stories. Yeah. Or um, an opinion on anything or opinions. else in the episode. Yes. yes. <laughs> Feedback. If you have opinions. We all know that we have had big opinions tonight. <laughs> if you have a thought about something we talked about, please send us an email. We would love to hear what you think, even if it's to tell us that we suck. Because we, do. <laughs> I mean, we we don't care for those emails, but we yeah, will we'll hear them. them. We will hear them. We we read them. We read them and let and them go. And then it makes us sad. We and just let them go. <laughs> and then we do a shot of tequila. We do. Yeah. We're like Elsa. We're just let like, we go. just let it go, baby. We let it go. We let it go. Okay, so it's that time. <gasps> it's that time for book book of the week. I'm like, what is this? Book of the week, Katie? Uh, yeah, not Katie's never experienced it. So Katie, it. we want and an echo. We want like a fancy like. Well, and we'll have to since we're kind of, of like switching the up the podcast a little bit. We should like now is the time we should get it. So Mike can just insert it into the. But our producer guy oh. said no. Well. He sucks. Yeah. That's what I have to say about that fart noise. We, that's what we all think. <laughs> I just don't understand why he won't do it for us. I don't know. At this point, I think he likes us making an ass of ourselves every t- every week when we're like, book of the week. But nobody gets to see the jazz hands. Like, <laughs> like I do them every time. She does. She's got these whole like, ah, big hands. It's like a full body like experience, but nobody gets to see it. But Becky and whoever is on the podcast with us. 
we've scared some people away i think with the jazz hands no they they always come they back. love it they love it Do they? everybody <laughs> well i don't know i'd say 85 percent of the people that's a good percentage back. that's a good that's, that's a passing good, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. But, I mean, we preface it. We are a lot. And we know it. <laughs> we tell everybody, they're like, oh, if you'd like to try book club, send us an email. You might want to try it out before you commit because we aren't everyone's cup of tea. Whatever. We, we are not. Okay, Katie, what's your book of the week? What book did you read this week that was outstanding? And it's okay to talk about the one that you're not sure how you feel about yet. <laughs> <laughs> I did read a very, very old Joanna Lindsay book and it was, I confused. I'm so confused, but I want to talk about a book. Wait, that why just came are you out. confused though? Because okay. it's from 1980. So let's talk about this real quick because, and then we'll get mm. to your real book of the week. Yeah. Can you read a book and look at the time frame in which that book was written and realize that the person that wrote that was of a different generation, of a different mentality, and things were meant differently then. Yes. And can you still then appreciate it? It doesn't yes. make it less problematic in today's eyes. Can you appreciate it for a 1980s book? Yes. And that's why I get confused. And that's why I said, like, in my review, I can't in good conscience recommend this to readers today in terms of what you may have come to expect from romance novels mm-hmm. but i can and i had other problems with the book that had nothing to do with all of the horrible red flags it was just kind of like like the story was was like on the precipice of being amazing and i just got like kind of annoyed with the main characters but yes suspending my belief about when this was when this was written what the intention was and the tone of it um, because overall it was a very enjoyable book. It's called Fires of Winter. I think it's, it might be like one of her first five books published. I'm not a hundred percent. It is. Um, it's, it's early in her. It's very early and you can, and it shows. Um, but I think for all of that, all to say all of that, I still enjoyed myself reading it. Like I couldn't put it down. So it, that's where the confusion comes in. <laughs> It's not a story for everybody. No. But no, no, if no, no, you no. can, if you are one that can suspend belief and read it from which the era that it was written and for the woman of that day that it was intended for, I mean, it's some dirty porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. Yep. Okay. So what's your real book of the week? How to Marry a Marble Marquis by Sam Nascosta. Um, it, Monster Regency. That's what it is. And there's a whole slew of books coming out share that take place at this monster's ball. And it's, I think it's nine books, nine different authors are writing Regency monsters. And it was a goddamn delight. I, I, I am I I getting into, I'm getting into the monster world now because of my co-host Lady Sadie. Um, she is the ultimate book pusher, but especially when it comes to stuff like this, this is the, that's she is responsible and it just came out and it it was amazing so yeah that's my book of the week how to marry a marble marquee okay yeah that's listen we just had a whole conversation about the balloon animal omegaverse squeak shifters (laughs) and orc romances and orc romances and how they will be orcs in this in this uh i think i'm gonna have to read this like i recently have started reading some orc romances and I am floored. I downloaded one last night. Out of the amount of cum. 
that an orc has. <laughs> Buckets, baby. Well, I'm reading I'm reading an alien romance right now. I haven't finished it because it's really freaking long, but there's a lot of cum. And he has like a really weird shaped penis. Like he doesn't, it doesn't, there's not multiple penises or not forked, a demi penis. There's not, there's not a demi penis or like a nub or anything, but it's really good. But it's long. It's a lot of world building, though. Okay, what Leah, what's said. your book of the week? Okay, so my book of the week is Garrett by Riley Edwards. Um, so there was a lot of suspense that dropped on two, on the 28th of February. And so I read a lot of suspense. But out of those ones, like this one was my favorite. It was it was just really well done. The, this is a character we met in like book one of her Z-Core series. And like we have been waiting for years for this book. And it was one of those, honestly, it's one of those books where I was afraid to read it. Cause I was like, what if I read it? It's not as good as I'm expecting, but it did. It really, it really held up. Like I was excited. It works. It's a second chance, but it's a second chance that makes sense. And I just, it was delightful. And I'm like really sad because it's over now. It's over. <laughs> That's the worst part. But she's starting a new team and like we get little snippets of them in this and it's just delightful. I will say I needed more Zane Lewis in this book. And I've already complained about it, but I needed more of Miss the Dimple King. Like there was not enough Dimple King, oh my God. but it worked <laughs> with the way the story played out at the same time. What was your book of the week? Um, so this is my book of the week. And actually, Katie, I think you would love this book. It is Man Candy by Vanessa Vale. It's an Don't age gap. Know. She is older. She is 35. All right. All right. And he is 27. Okay. Okay. And it's a pretty decent age gap. There. It's a small like, town, um, but he is a professional hockey player from a billionaire family. It takes. It's kind of insta lovey. It takes over place over thirty days. He is all in from the day they meet, and she is like, he is not Mister Right, and she has this Mister Right list that she needs her guy to have in order to commit to him, and she sees him as. Mr. Right now, but not Mr. Mm. Right. Anyway, okay. it was quick. It was fast. It was sexy. It was, um, it pops on page one. <laughs> but, I and then well, page one is present. And then chapter two goes back two weeks previous. Okay. When but does it pop again? It pops again at 40. Oh, well, that's not bad then. Yeah. It basically, a tree falls on her house while he is flirting with her in the small town grocery store and <laughs> the small town is delightful yeah it's just so good anyway it is so good i will be screaming about man candy by vanessa vale for a minute it was fast it was dirty it was delightful and lindy was the heroine she was in book one and she was a little hard to love she was very jealous of her younger sister who found this older man that was mm -hmm. closer to her age than was to her sister's age and she so there thought was some he was a jealousy. tasty treat when they first met yeah she thought he was a tasty treat um, but she had some jealousy but as we get into book two we realize that she had a right to be jealous she gave up a lot to raise her younger sister uh, okay. and her life has been on hold for 15 years I haven't okay. read that one yet, but book one, like you get like just a tiny snippet of Lindsay, Lindy and it's like, she's kind of, she comes off as kind of a frigid bitch, but you're like, I know that she's really not. <laughs> she's like, not. You know that she's not. And her hero is swoony and a dirty, dirty, dirty talker. He also <laughs> enjoys the use of sex toys. So I can appreciate, I can appreciate that. He is okay calling in for a team member. 
Good. He likes he likes the mulligans. He does. Okay. Uh, did you know that Buzzing About Romance is going to go to their first signing? I we knew will, that. Did you know that? <laughs> we will be at the HEA Readers event in Indianapolis, Indiana on November 3rd through the 5th of 2023. Tickets are on sale right now. We'll have the link to the tickets on our on-the-shelf show notes, but there's also a link right now on our website. Um, it is going to be amazing three days of delight going to be there. Like it's going to be so much fun, so much fun. And we're going to be there. Um, and we will do a buzzing about romance meetup and it'll be lots of fun. Promise. Chaos. Lots of chaos. Um, but we also have a Patreon update. We appreciate our Patreon supporters and we would not be able to bring the podcast or Corset and Crown podcast to you without them. We currently have four open tiers on our Patreon. Those that start at $5 a month and include a membership to Drunk Book Club and exclusive content. And our first goal to reach 40 Patreon oh, members has been met. So we are planning goals for the future. Well, the next goal, <laughs> so the next goal is 75. Once we hit 75 Patreon members, we yes. are going to plan a reader retreat. Mm-hmm. And this, so as soon as we hit 75, we will then give you a six month out that the reader retreat will take place in. And this will be a fun three-day weekend filled with coming together, supporting each other, talking books. We have our own personal bartender that will be there as well. So I I do <laughs> want to welcome new Patreon member Renee. Um, we are so grateful to have you as a part of our Patreon. And we're excited to have you join us at some upcoming drunk book clubs and events. Welcome to the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Katie, thanks for coming and hanging out on thanks. Buzzing About Romance, but tell everyone what you guys are kind of doing at Corset and Crown. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, and Corset and Crown, if you aren't familiar, um, Buzzing About Romance is our mom, our mommy podcast. Um, they birthed us. <laughs> that makes it so gross. I wanted to be gross. Okay. So at Corset and Crown, we cover historical romance. Um, We'll dabble in a little bit of contemporary when we get the permission slip. Um, But (laughs) this year, Sadie and I have um, taken on interviewing some of our friends and friends the term is is loose, you know, because we don't really actually know these, these people in real life. But we want to um, have people on our podcast that listen and that engage with us um, over on Bookstagram and Twitter and TikTok, everything. Um, so this year we are doing the Society of Scandals, which we will be having a different guest each month, just like we have in the past with authors. We'll still have authors. We'll still do our scandal sheets, but we wanted to bring other readers in to talk about their romance journey with us. So... We've already got one under our belts and um, it was so much fun. So it's going to be a fun year. It was a great episode. And so you can find Corset and Crown episodes wherever you guys get podcasts. Yes. um, Or check out corsetandcrown.com. Anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. Until next time. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 